Hello, you are listening to the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast, episode number 235, incredibly, with me, your host, Johnny Clark. Well, what a Wednesday of Scottish football we've just had. A hat-trick for 38-year-old Kenny Miller, last-minute drama in Motherwell Celtic, red cards plenty, abysmal refereeing, of course, and Kilmarnock FC top of the Scottish Premiership. To go through that with me, we have Killy Cal. Hello, Johnny. Thank you for, for having me on the podcast. And Tom McKinnon. Yeah, pleasure to be on. I'm a bit cheerier than I was last time. And we have Andrew Scott. Yes, thanks very much. Blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> we have start. We are starting with the most delighted bear in the in the room at the moment, the Kelly Bear. Kilmarnock are top of the Scottish Premiership, and we are six days into December. Callum Scott. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's I, going on? I'd, I've. I don't know, it's um to be fair I'm pretty speechless about the the whole situation. Um we knew I knew we would compete at the top end of the table this year. And but to be in December and be sitting top of the league is a remarkable achievement regardless of what we anybody looks at it. Well no, Celtic have got two games in hand. Rangers have got one game in hand, but points on the board to sound like a dinosaur is all that really matters in this moment in time. And the consistency for the past year has just been different class, absolutely different class, um, totally different level to to what I've kind of grew up with, and I'm just I'm just delighted and and, and well, mate, continue. Hmm. You want to just talk a little bit about Greg Stewart because I mean he's been absolutely fantastic this season for Kilmarnock, hasn't he? No, absolutely. He's he's just got a bit of class that the we've kind of missed in recent times even a lot of the kind of quality players that we, we have had over the last 5-10 years they were good at certain things let's say they were excellent goal scorers but they didn't do much else on the pitch or you know they, they caused teams problems but they didn't get enough assists or goals to back up Greg Schultz got the full package um, his first touch is a thing of beauty to be honest his, his left peg is I don't even know how to how to describe it. It's it's phenomenal. I want, as some would say, and then he's he's even comfortable enough in his right foot. And he's, I think I think the main thing for Greg Stewart is that he's been playing through the middle, which I think you can see the best of him as because people are mistaken of him at times because of how good he is with his left foot, and he was always restricted playing in the right, so he was always got to come inside. But when he plays in the centre. He'll go right, he'll go left, he'll drive straight through. Um, he's just he's just an absolute bit of class, and if we keep on to, if we keep a hold of him, then that would be fantastic. But it's, it's got to be very difficult. In January will be a big month, particularly for for a title race. I think uh, given that we could lose a few players. Hmm. Tom, I would like to touch on Kilwarnock's defence. That's four clean sheets in a row, um, and obviously, I think Steve Clark said when Kelly were going through this phase where they kept con- uh, conceding the first goal it's just a that's what it is a phase and it'll it'll kind of go away these runs can happen and they can just be sporadic um he's kind of been proven right by his, his team's defensive form hasn't he mm-hmm, absolutely um and not just like the way that they defend i think they've got two of the better attacking fullbacks in the whole of Scotland um Taylor and O'Donnell i think 
and could play for any team in Scotland. Um, I, don't, I think Taylor runs Tierney quite close um, and definitely has done this season, obviously. Um, Casey will know a bit better than me, but um, they're it's very exciting. And for a team, no, absolutely no disrespect to Kilmarnock to have two full two fullbacks positions that maybe aren't prioritised financially for a team with a new manager. Uh, to have two players of that standard, international standard, I'd say. Obviously, Donald is international, and unfortunately for Taylor, he does have um, three very good left backs in front of him. But I would not be surprised and adverse to see him in a Scotland squad very soon. Hmm. Andy, we're going to touch on Livingston. They obviously beat your side, Motherwell, uh, just last week. Yeah, just for <laughs> Do that. you think this is. <laughs> we, we actually at that game? Uh, no. Um, to be fair, it's one of the Saturdays I've been off um, and didn't go to the games. Um, judge me if you will, but I was looking at my finances and <clears throat> it just didn't seem worth it. I think it was £22 and having to get there, but I'm, I'm glad mm. with my decision. Uh, aye, well, I suppose you will be, but looking at Livingston overall, it's I suppose it's a result that won't bother them too much in the, in the context of the league and they're still beating teams like Motherwell um, at home and, and is that sort of the more important games for them? Yeah, I think it has to be. Um, they started the season really well but um, as you said, as long as they um, keep getting points on the board and I suppose uh, distancing distant themselves from um, clubs like ourselves uh, I suppose that's all they really want. Um, I guess, I, I, can I say, you thought to yourself at the time, um, although they, were, they, they started brightly, you didn't really see them finishing the top six. And I think round about where they are, um, obviously I'm not a Livingston fan, but um, I think they'd take it. Uh, and again, if, as long as they just keep racking up the points, then I don't see um, why, they would, why they would have a lot to complain about. <clears throat> hmm. Callum, Celtic Park this weekend. Are you are you actually going there now as a Kilmarnock fan, confident of getting a result? It's a it is a very difficult one, Johnny, because leading up to the game, I was actually very confident. I think Clark's record against Celtic really speaks for itself. Um, unbeaten against him since he's come up. Yeah, and his record against Rangers has been very good as well. If unfortunate to get beat last year, we kind of deserved it because we just. Didn't they cross a halfway line for the full second half for some bizarre reason? But uh, and then Rangers Rangers beat us in the cup this year, um, pretty comfortably. But we had already a different animal to to that team that faced Rangers as well, and we're a different animal to the team that beat Celtic uh, earlier on in the season too. I think that the big thing for us though is that there's a risk that both Broadfoot and Stuart Finlay will be injured, which is certainly not ideal. Uh, really hard of the team there we are centre halves and to go there without one of them is bad enough but to miss two of them we've got to ask a, a lot to be got to Park Ken and get a result but I just think mm-hmm. Clark always has knows how he gets results against Old Firm as I've touched upon I think that how kind of sick a guy Stevie Clark is I think that he basically <laughs> uh, obviously my own conspiracy theories here um, but yesterday against Levy um, obviously the, the, the game will respect was kind of by at half time um, and I think that he generally did use the second half as, it, as preparation for the Celtic game 
because we did we just allowed Livingston to kind of come at us and put balls into their box and, and, and just let them it was almost as if he was actually preparing the team to go to Parkett on Saturday and to be honest I, I wouldn't really be surprised with the, the kind of guy the kind of guy that he is he's just a tactical genius and when mm. we still had two against Livingston we still did go forward but we, we really were a lot of that has to do with Livingston as well you know like they, they did have a lot of the ball and, and caused a few issues but I wouldn't be too surprised if that was some kind of run out for Saturday um, I just hope we take a decent support up uh, I'm away to get my tickets for it tomorrow and I, I, I really I can't, I can't wait for it it should be a massive game and I, I just hope that at least one of them's fit come Saturday yeah, with Broadfoot mm. family. Big fan of come on it now being in a place to just take the piss out of very reasonable mid table <laughs> Scottish teams in the top flight. Um yeah, that's that's fantastic. But no, I just wanted to get to give you the last point here, uh, Cal, on Kilmarnock and there's been a couple of people tweeting just lies um about Kilmarnock saying that they're uh, a lot of their their good forms to do with their uh, pitch. Yeah. So, do you want to just tell everybody that that's just nonsense? <sighs> well, I mean, it's just pathetic, really. Um, could go on all day about that pitch, to be honest. Um, they, we've got the best away record in the league, so that puts that to bed immediately. But one thing that I have noticed, and I, mean, I know you guys will call me better in, in the league, but... Uh, <laughs> um, it just, it's been riddled, our recent success... He's just been riddled with either pure hatred for the club or backhanded comments. Uh, nobody, so many people just do not want to see his do well. So for what reason? I, I've got no idea. And this is more so people from Kilmarnock as well, which is, which is embarrassing. I've gone to a few debates with boys I know and and just seen tweets from old fun fans for Kilmarnock that are putting the boot in the club and you're like that. Right, I'm big enough, old enough, ugly enough to know that no other day for Kilmarnock's got to support Kilmarnock. As hurtful as that is to me, I can appreciate it. But I've got absolutely no time for people who are from uh, the town who, who hate and despise a football club. They've got no idea how important this football club is to the community. And you can even see that in, in the last year or so. They're proud people and uh, have these... Everybody's very proud to. Yeah, everybody's delighted to have a, a team to be proud of again. And as I say, long may continue and, and, and let the the hatred and uh, excuses continue. <laughs> yep, uh, always nice to end on a little bit of bitterness, even though <laughs> you're top of the league, you've got to get a little bit in there. Um, we'll move on to Rangers against Aberdeen, but we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back with Kelly at the end of the podcast. Looking at the questions. Um, it seems like Kilmarnock fans have infiltrated uh, our DMs at the moment our uh, notifications sorry there's about five Kilmarnock questions um, but we'll move on to Ibrox and second, the second win for Aberdeen at Ibrox this century so we'll start off we'll go in chronological order here and we'll start off with McKenna's goal an absolutely cracking finish Tom mm-hmm. yeah another good Scottish defender um, it was quite good from Cosgrove as well I thought um, just, if it was the other way around, you wouldn't be too surprised. But um, I think McKenna added maybe a couple of, I'd say knots there, but that would put his value up to about 80 million, which <laughs> Ryan and Matt would struggle to justify. But <laughs> finishes like that, won't be doing his um, price tag, Kenny. Um, misdemeanours? 
Hmm. And we'll we'll come to you again because that was quite a difficult question there. I mean, there's not much you can say otherwise other than yeah, it was a good finish. We'll talk about Cosgrove where you can actually give a bit of an opinion. His mm-hmm. first yellow. Was it a yellow? Um. Yeah, probably. It's like, I think in maybe in his defence, he's sort of suffers from the um, Fellini. So I wouldn't say syndrome, but because he's a bigger player. Yeah. When he does, maybe not miss the ball, but goes in for a ball and doesn't really when it clearly can just become across as a foul and they tend to get booked h- harsher than others, but um, yeah, it probably was a booking. Hmm. And the second one? Ooh. <sighs> yeah, I'd say so. Two bookings. You think that's a booking? <laughs> yeah, I think you are wrong. Wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong. Hmm. It's a terrible shout for you, Tom. Absolutely. <laughs> you surprised? <laughs> no, right, I just, I, I, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's the first one's totally reckless. I don't. There's no intent in the first one. He's, he's just, it's reckless. It happens to the best. Is I can see why the referee's <laughs> given the second in the first instance when you see it, but he's got absolutely no help for his linesman, who's about seven yards fit or whatever, which is absolutely embarrassing. How he can he see mm-hmm. that he's nipped and won the ball and Goldson's boot at the bottom of Cosgrove's foot. Mm-hmm. But it's the bizarre thing, and I know they kind of an overlast in, in sports scene as well, but Cosgrove just accepts it. Which doesn't yeah. do, does make him sell them. Because it's never, it's never a yellow card. It's nah. never a yellow card. It's never, not even a foul. It's not even a foul. Hmm. Oh, I'm actually disgusted. On you go, Andy. Uh, sorry, no. I was just going to say. Um, to be fair, uh, I'll I'll play the face first. I can't hear. Um, I don't know what he's doing. Um, sort of going for that ball where he's on the yellow. I mean, it's yeah, not really going to go anywhere. It's the side of the pitch, and yeah, I know what you're saying, Casey. Like he's right in front of the linesman, but I'll take your mantle because you seem to say this a lot of time in the podcast. Would agree with you. See if you make a challenge like that, regardless of if you've got the ball or not at your Ibrox or Park Heads and you've got 50, 60,000 fans screaming and then all the Rangers fans uh, or players, sorry, crowding the referee you're you're going to it's stupid not to expect another card for that, regardless if you're not an ELO or not, it's, it isn't he, got, he gets the ball, but making a challenge in the first place it's, I don't get the logic behind it No, I, t- I totally agree Andy uh... <laughs> as it's, it's stupidity, it is totally. Um, when you're on a yellow card, it does look reckless the way he goes in, but as we say, it, it shouldn't even come down to that. But no, I, I totally agree. And, and as I say, I know why the referee's given it, but the linesman should know a hell of a lot better than, than that, and he should have helped out his official there. But um, no, nah, it was just Cosgrove, he doesn't help himself, but he should have remained in the park. I just think this uh, whole culture of victim blaming in Scottish football is a disgrace. Cosgrove gets booted and somehow he shouldn't have been going in for the challenge. The victim <laughs> is at fault. No, <laughs> the point is that it's it, that's why it's been given is that I, I, as I say, I think he wins the ball. It, it well, is. he does win the ball. It's, it's not even an opinion. Yeah. He does win the ball. Fact. Uh, but when you see the reaction and the reaction for Goldson as well. 
it's it's only got to strengthen uh, the referee's decision to send them off. But that way, Ibrox and Parkhead, if it was there as well. Um, I'm I'm kind of forgetting here, Tom. Did you justify or did we just shout at you? <laughs> why you thought it was a red? I didn't justify. I thought, admittedly, I maybe wasn't paying as much attention as I should have, given what time it was. Uh, it was just the way Cosgrove's reaction that sort of swayed me. That, that he did sort of, I'm not sure, pretend to be hurt in the hope that the ref might forget to book him. And then when he did get the, the, bu- the booking and the card, it was, all right, that's right, and that's me off. Mm. Which is good enough. Yeah, it was. It was weird. You're get from me. Yeah, mm. it, it was a weird kind of reaction because I mean, if, if I got sent off in the first half for that, you'd be incensed. But he just didn't look bored. Um, I will move on into the second half. Morelos's red card. Tom, we'll start with you again. Um. What was the first book? I remember the second book. First one, if he fills Shinny again, just in a kind of on the ball Aye. incident, he just Shinny gets past him and he kind of goes over him a wee bit. That was that. Mm, Soft, yeah. yeah. But it, it See, could be a totten up thing. That's what you don't really know from mm-hmm. watching the highlights package. But if that's if he's been booked and that's his first foul, it's very harsh. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And the second yellow, Tom, is it even? Is it where they have a straight red card potentially? No, I don't. It's stupid. It's so stupid, and it does feel like a broken record with Morales. But he absolutely doesn't help himself. He's got all the ability in the world, and he just does stupid things like that. But when you see it mm. back, it didn't look too bad. But it, it is just a, an idiotic thing to do because it's not even mm. a sort of. Jostle trying to get him away it is a, trying to not hurt him because he's not hitting him that hard but try to do something and just the sooner Morales gets these sort of things out of his game then the better for him and Rangers and Dave King's bank account you'd imagine <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is that, uh, Dave Andy... King's bank account <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I uh... I just said nothing will improve Dave King's bank account. Mm. <laughs> Andy, coming uh, talking about Morelos, I don't know about what what your sort of opinions on are of him, but I mean this guy scored seven in seven consecutive league games in Scotland. Um, he's producing the goods in Europe as well. He's not just a kind of a goal scorer as well as all round play. I think personally is very impressive. And he's, you kind of forget sometimes that he's just 22 years old. Mm. Um, but this kind of reckless side does, at times, unfortunately overshadow that, doesn't it? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I think it's gone in the days where he was sort of like a laughing stock for missing open goals. Um, this season he really has done yep. it on. Um, arguably one of, and uh, whatever what persuasion you are, he is the best player in the league in terms of his goals and what he brings to the team. Um, but I, I fear to believe um, Super Scoreboard. Um, apparently, he had a meeting with Gerard about his, um, his uh, ability to like keep the head on the pitch. Uh, I got a day or two before the match, and then then to go out and do something as stupid as that. I know Shinny makes a meal of it, but the fact that you're outstretching your arm and you've made contact with him, like of course he's going to go down. Like he'd be doing the same in that situation. 
Uh, but it's something that really brings a boy down. Like as you did say, he's twenty two. He's still got a lot to learn. But um, hmm. it's it definitely bringing him down. Uh, and I guess as you, I, I'm not going to quote the Rangers fan because he swears, but I think uh, he sums it up the annoyance that they have uh, with him. Hmm. Callum, just last kind of Callum, last kind of point on the, on this match, Aberdeen. What's kind of going on with them this season? Because they've not been their usual consistent selves, but they're. I don't know. It's difficult to even kind of judge how the fans are, are viewing this because the thing that they were saying is, I hate the fact that we bought all so many big games. They're not doing that anymore, but they're they're dropping more points elsewhere. How do you see them this uh, this season in terms of pushing for for Europe and pushing for even potentially the title? I think that Aberdeen, yep, Johnny, just to basically reiterate what you've said, that they are uh, almost the polar opposite of what they were before in regards to they would beat the te- eh, the other nine teams in the league comfortably. They do that home and away mm-hmm. more often than not. And then they would slip up against Old Firm, whereas their performances against Old Firm this season have been very, very good. Just look at that, winning at Ibrox, as you say, for the second time this century superb and two of those wins under Derek McInnes I know I can be a critic he has at times but absolutely fair play to him for that because look at the <coughs> who's failed to do that previously as well so absolutely uh, top class for McInnes um, it's just a bizarre one for Aberdeen I think that they're severely lacking in a striker they've obviously got I'm not a Cosgrove yep. fan at all to be honest I like the Bruce Anderson looks like he's got something about him a bit raw but I think We've spoken about this a hundred times in the chat. Um, you can't lose Adam Rooney, who guarantees you 15 goals a season, minimum, and no replacing with him, they're good enough. Um, they were starting to miss kind of key players in regards to, right, you know, kind of, I, know, I know Johnny Hayes left the season before, but, you know, all these guys, Johnny Hayes, Christie, uh, Kenny McLean and stuff. Um, but yeah. they've, they're just missing a good striker for me because their back five is phenomenal. One of the best in the league for me, Joe Lewis, arguably minus Alan McGregor, <coughs> the best goalkeeper in the league. Um, mm. And then the back four themselves are, are excellent, particularly uh, Devlin and McKenna together. Um, and I and they've got they've got steel in the middle of the park, but they're just missing that bit up front. Now again, Gary McKay, Stephen are doing their best to to chip in, but they need a focal point, and I think that will come in January. And once they sign that in January. I think they'll do very well and they'll, they will get European qualification, I think, but I don't think that they'll, uh, they'll win the league. Hmm. Yeah, I think I've mentioned on a couple of podcasts before that I just think that Derek McKinnis should have a bit more faith in uh, young Bruce Anderson because I do think that he's a, a player that's really going places. Um, but we'll move from one side of Glasgow to the other and we'll speak about Andy's team, Andy Motherwell won, Celtic won a fantastic point, and that's the third consecutive draw between these two at Fir Park. Um, what were your kind of views on the game overall? Was it a deserved point for for Motherwell? Uh, pushing it to be honest, um, I am biased <laughs> as you think, but I the the biggest deluded, most deluded Motherwell fan in the world to think that we deserved a point from that. Uh, arguably, Celtic probably should have been up about three. Uh, three and a half time 
and then for whatever reason uh, we decided to turn up the second half and give them a bit kind of a better game. Um, I thought when the lineups came out, um, they made seven changes. Obviously, um, I instantly thought Griffiths would score because as history would tell us, if you need a goal, you'll get it against Motherwell, and it was nearly proven right when um, Celtic get their run of the mill penalty for Park. Uh, but big Gillespie makes a great <laughs> save. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously delighted with the goal at the end. Uh, it's the second time we've managed to grab a point against the so-called old firm uh, in the last minute, uh, and uh, it's quite annoying. But because like yeah, we can get good results against them, but we can't beat anyone else. It seems at Fir Park, apart from them in Aberdeen. Uh, but. Yeah, delighted with the point. I can't really add any more than that. Mm. Yeah, well, we'll speak a little bit about the game overall. Ryan Christie's goal, which, watching it, I thought in Cham was incredibly clever with the run. He kind of makes the run and pulls, I think it's Aldred away, and then the ball's so simple for Tierney. And Christie, I mean, the form that Ryan Christie's in just now, Tom, he looks like he's going to score in every which way, a kind of toe poke this time. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm here representing the Scottish national team because I'm just going to say it again, but that's a massive positive. Um, not massively fussed. He's doing particularly well for Celtic, admittedly. It is good to see one of the more likeable players in Scotland doing well, but for the national team, just to get an, a bonus like that, someone who just looks so confident, and you'd imagine it's not like he's in a team in a good moment um, in this Celtic team there's so much quality that this he could quite conceivably keep this going right the way through the season um, it's not just a good run of fixtures that this could easily be Christie set for quite a while now um, and it is encouraging to see him do well because I think I've said it before on the podcast but he didn't end this loan spell at Rangers, eh, Rangers at Aberdeen particularly well um, yeah. sort of tailed off a wee bit and that probably would have been a bit of a nail in the coffin because you'd think if you were to go from Aberdeen to Celtic in any way, be it a permanent signing or just the end of a loan in Chrissy's case, you'd imagine you'd probably have to really stand out most weeks um, to be in with a good chance of starting every week. And yes, he's probably been lucky in terms of injuries, but he's still got to be to perform to, to earn your ch- uh, inner chance in that team. And he's doing it now and it's... An absolute blessing to the national team, so more the merrier in that case. Hmm. Andy, who was the referee for yesterday's game? Um, Clancy, was it, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. it, Kevin Clancy. Yeah. And Chris Sutton said Kevin Clancy was man of the match uh, for Motherwell at the end of the game. Um, I don't know if I've been reading a bit too much Phil McGullivan, but I think potentially if the... If this, if the teams were wearing their opposite kits, does that even make sense? If this was the other way around, yeah, Motherwell had that goal no disallowed and Selic had scored in the last minute in that manner, we'd probably be hearing a little bit more about this. Um, Benkovic's goal, um, as a Motherwell fan, did, did you even think that that, that should have stood? No, it definitely should have. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think mm. the only... I don't, I don't quote on this because I'm not 100% sure, but I think the only... Only thing you can kind of say is, I believe that as soon as Clancy sees um, the arm getting pulled back on Aldridge's shirt, he blows the whistle 
and I don't know if that's right yeah. or not, but I think that's before he gets a shot away. So regardless or not, it was a great finish and the goal sure stood. Um, but obviously he's yeah. not allowed play to go on. Um, but I, I, I get I get why Sutton uh, feels a bit aggrieved. But see, to be honest, I think he, every time he goes back to Far Park, he just gets memories of helicopter Sunday and decides to dislike Mullow. Uh, but... <laughs> But he puts it wrong that he, he, he rants about Clancy but it's not just Clancy it's everyone else and it's kind of ironic to go on a run about Muddle getting refereeing decisions against Celtic after what we've had to go through like, the past season or two and oh, don't get me started I'm, I'm going to just leave it at that then, eh? <laughs> right, I'll be back to you in a second Andy to speak about the, the equaliser in the last Perfect. minute but I will ask Kelly Cal first was it a foul in the in the build up to this goal? Uh, my memory escapes me. I just what like uh, Johnson. It's Johnson and, and Gamboa kind of go, both go for the ball, but I think Johnson probably puts a bit more beef into into Gamboa than than the other way round. Uh, I, I um, don't. I don't know. I mean, it's like like because I just remember because obviously it says a lot about the finish, but I just remember how. Phenomenal a finish it was like for that for that mm. that angle was was absolutely top class. But no, to, I mean I would actually have to see it again. But I never genuinely thought there was any kind of controversy over a foul in right. the first place. I think that probably answers your question anyway. Mm. Tom, did you see anything uh, in there that you thought could have been a free kick given for? Um, this is another. As I said, this is the problem with sports team being on late. Um, very specifics like this have passed me by. Um, all the <laughs> game was on BT. I'm not giving you that excuse. Were you not pushed last night as well, Tom? I might have been a wee bit, but that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's besides oh, the point. Yeah. I just got. That's it. Nah, you're right, Denz. I'll give you that. Yeah. Which will hopefully, if you weren't uh, dozing off during that one as well, come in useful for the next game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But from someone that actually did have their eyes open, Andy Johnson's finish. Oh, it's I don't, cast your eyes, but yeah, your, your eyes, your mind back to um, it's a, it's not well, kinda. It's a similar angle. Um, if you remember the six six game where Yukovic's finish, uh, the final goal. Yeah. Uh, but apart from like along the ground and not in the top corner, um, I think Gordon had it covered <laughs> every single angle apart from the one that he hit it, which he did score in. And to go back to your previous point um, about the Gamboa situation, he let the ball bounce and that's what essentially caused the goal. I think it doesn't matter who you are, you clear that, you put a foot through it, you put it out of bounds, anywhere but there. And Johnson just outmuscles him mm. and gets the ball back and a superb finish to be honest. It makes mm. I think that's he's now a top goal scorer and as I predicted when he signed, I expect him to be the first name on that team team sheet every week. And he's just shown his colours, mm. and I, I believe there's a lot more to come. Mm. Well, he kind of makes a change from Salmon and Main, doesn't he? But he looks like he's an actual, an actual goal-scoring striker. Yeah, he's him. got hair as well, so it's great. Um, but he's not, <laughs> he's not like a big brute. I mean, like, I know we're, we're a team full of hammer throws and all that, but Flair's not the word. But he doesn't budge into folk. Like he'll try and do something that isn't he? just running through folk, which is. Mm. Encouraging to see, and he's getting game time now, so long may that continue. 
Hmm. Apart from barging into Gamboa before that goal yesterday, uh, which, by well, the way, I actually did think was a foul. I think I'm, I'm maybe the only one I thought it was a foul. But uh, well, you, obviously you credit to the finish, but I thought he did put a bit too much beef into him. Uh, well, you're entitled to your opinion. Not that you'll care. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just happy we got a point, to be honest. But I, I'll, I'll look at the positives um, with all this controversial uh, controversy. Sorry. Because at one point, I think we had like mm. five under-20s players on the pitch. We had to make two early changes uh, into the match. Then we went 1-0 down. And to, we could have just like laid down like, we did, like we've done for the majority of the season. But second half especially, I think mm. we stood up. Uh, Campbell and Turnbull, I think, were excellent. Uh, and I'm not going to say we got what we deserved, but... For sticking in, um, it's obviously brilliant to get that goal, uh, and it could prove to be a vital point. Hmm. Tom, we'll move on to the game that you were at yesterday. Um, is this just fake news, or did Kenny Miller, 38-year-old Kenny Miller, actually score a hat-trick yesterday? He did indeed. Two goals, pretty much exactly the same as well. Um, quite stunning performance, actually. Hmm. Yes, two goals were both... Beautiful as well. The second and mm. the third. Um, the first one, I could not believe when I seen it. What the heck? What is going on with the centre half, the Hamilton centre half? <laughs> oh, Why is he standing the on the goal line? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is he doing there? Absolutely. The ball's on the edge of the box, and, and there's like five players <laughs> between the ball and him. And he decides he's going to stand behind his keeper. Absolute clown show, considering it, it, it takes the glare off that phenomenal piece of football for you. I think it was Kamara, was absolutely class. Mm-hmm. His first touch is brilliant, turns the boy back in, turns him again, and then the disguise the wee boss right in my and, and a wonderful finish. But uh, I don't know what that donkey's mm-hmm. doing in the post. All he has to do is come on, come on <laughs> for yard <laughs> and it never happens, but uh, just. Kind of sums up Arkies a lot of the time. To be fair, I, I, that, that, this game mm. just epitomises Arkies. Right, write them off. Go. They beat St. Martin in a massive, massive game, and then go and get absolutely pumped for now at Dens. I mean, mm-hmm. pff, yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done Delphin Tishembe. Tishembe. I don't know how I can't say that properly. I've done him a very good service by forgetting his name there, but I've looked him up now, <laughs> and I am going to shame him further. In the coming moments, Tom, mm-hmm. he's gone on not only to do that, but he's gifted Kenny Miller. Well, obviously Kenny Miller's two goals are both brilliant, but both mm-hmm. times he's assisted by Tishembe. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is woeful; he just passes it straight to him, and the second one just loops it up in the air straight for him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you said sent me a message at half time saying that Hamilton were just truly horrific yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the uh, mistiming and just all round ability of their passing from the the get go was just so evident. Dundee were fairly solid and when the teams came out. It was a bit worried that they'd maybe been a bit too defensive, given it's such a massive game at home. They had uh, two holding midfielders and then McGowan in front of that, which isn't exactly um, free flowing. And then they had the two wingers, Curran and Calvin Miller, both equally capable of playing fullback, um, and then just Miller up front. But they were just so solid. And 
without having to do too much uh, anything that special, just because Hamlin were inept from goalkeeper through to the striker. There were a few nice moments from Keatons and uh, Michael Miller who looked tidy without really doing anything, but just so slack. And it wasn't as if Dundee were right around them all the time. It wasn't, um, there wasn't a massive press incentive for X amount of minutes of the game. It was, it wasn't as much to do with Dundee. I think just Hamilton were absolutely woeful, and it was a good chance for Hamilton to really separate themselves from uh, St Mirren and Dundee, and they were the real big losers from last uh, last night. And really, uh, that that gap got bridged quite significantly. Uh, over that night, but you f- fear we went for Cannon because there was quite a bit of discontent despite good results and not too in the not too distance past. But yeah, we're going to come on it to was that. A really worrying performance. Mm. Yeah, we're going to come on to Canning a little bit in a in a in a while. Was there actually discontent from the supporters, the Aki supporters that were there? Um, I don't want this to sound wide, but it was pretty tricky to hear. There were only 61 <laughs> fans. Were um, they? Right. Yeah, and by the time Dunny got going, it was fairly, a fairly raucous den, so it maybe wasn't the best scenario to hear them, but there did to be, seem to be some online that weren't happy. Yeah, yeah that's what we're going to come on to. You careful what you wish for, but a 4 up pump in a den is not good enough for a lot of sides in Scotland, not just in the Premiership at the moment. Mm-hmm. If uh, if it was just those sixty one that were posted on Hamilton's Twitter last night, then at least one in two of them wants Canning to get to fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, fo- we'll focus a bit more on the good before we go into the bad. Dundee, mm-hmm. o- there's obviously a ma- absolutely massive win for them. You've seen quite a lot of them this season, Tom. Do you think that they've got what it takes to move up that table? I think they do. Um, it'll. Mm- Greg Kamara is quite a big part of that, obviously, given he's far too good a player for um, a team in the bottom half, let alone at the bottom, the very bottom of the table. His contract's up in the summer, and there might be a case to be made, given that they're trying to get a new stadium and tickets are really so expensive, that they might try and get some money in for Kamara. Limited as it may be, it's probably is it worth um, getting something in rather than nothing in uh, the summer, but. I think what's maybe going to notice is Woods, who was brought in uh, under McIntyre, the only time uh, he's made, it just makes a massive difference because I think under McCann, Kamara was asked to, be, to do a lot and he did do well, but I think when you've got him uh, take, take the leashes off or off him a wee bit, then you do see a different side to him and like that, that the assist for the goal was stunning um, regardless yeah. of the Hamilton defending, but I still think in the sort of inverse that what happened at Tardyce on Friday and that maybe Nielsen will have learnt what he needs after that performance. Maybe McIntyre might maybe pay over the cracks this performance because as good a striker as Miller is he is 38 and he doesn't score a hat-trick every week. They probably still do. We do need a bit more firepower be it a, a striker obviously difficult to find and they tried to get someone in in um, the summer just with uh, Right at the very end of the window with the uh, boy from down south, I think his name was Jones, and Shankland as well, but Shankland will be well at the price range now. Um, or, or be it another creative midfielder, because a midfield three of Woods, Kamara, with McGowan in front of that maybe isn't the most creative in the league, but when you're at the bottom of the table, you aren't necessarily always looking for 
a team filled with creative players, you do need to, to dig in a bit, and that's exactly what they did on Wednesday night. Hmm. Fair play to you for still trying to find a positive scenario from uh, Dundee United getting horsed 5-0 <laughs> and Dundee winning 4-0. Um, yeah, we're just going to touch a little bit upon canning because, as you mentioned there, Aki's fans are not happy on, on the old social media. Nobody mm. really is normally happy on social media, but we'll ignore <laughs> the, f- uh, the the 4-0 tweet was a shit show for Canning. I hope he didn't see it. But the full time, we've got all the best Canning, save our club and walk now. Absolutely disgraceful. Get him out now. Should have gone years ago. Too many players hiding tonight. How can Canning continue to justify these performances? Should have walked long ago. Canning out. Absolutely unacceptable. Absolutely pumped off the apparent worst team in the league. Please never play Tishembe again. This is probably the worst result under his management. It seriously is time to go. Terrible, inexcusable result. Any mug could do a do a job as well as he is. Can't do any worse. <laughs> um, I just want what what is going on there? I mean, Hamilton are four points clear of the bottom two. Mm-hmm. Um, this should have gone years ago. When what is success for Hamilton? Is success not staying in the Scottish Premiership? Tom, you said careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. Um, do you two both agree, Callum and and, and-, and Andy? Do you- what's your kind of opinion on on this situation? I've said that uh, plenty of times about uh, Aki's. I think that Cannon with the shoestring budget he's got, he's working and likely more so a League One budget, bottom half Championship, if anything. Um, and you think, what do they really expect? And I know I don't like saying that because. We've had it before as well when stuff wasn't acceptable, but I mean realistically, Hamilton, they've no got the pet. It's not like it's a team who were massive before or whatever who are struggling now and and st- like like they've never been a force in every year they're in playing Premiership football. Surely a successful one, but Aki's fans will tell you, but I, I'm with Tom, I think it's be careful what you wish for. They always seem to get the results to keep them up. Is it much progression? No, but I don't think they can because they can't build mm. a team because any half decent players they get are all, will go away. You know, look at Templeton and stuff, um, who was really the kind of talisman last year. Um, but no, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm with Tom in that 100%. Be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. Andy, what's your view on this one from the other side of Lanarkshire? Yeah, um, well it's interesting you say that because um, I work behind enemy lines um, I'm based in Hamilton and uh, today I was working with an Aki's fan uh, so I was sort of asking him about it and like, again, I'm a bit bewildered to um, why they all hate him so much because this guy, to the extent um, has decided to boycott going to the games until he's sacked and the only time he's went this season is to see the under-16s in Europe um, and I think his sort of impression of it was that they they brought him up from the youth academy like they did the previous manager whose name escapes me right now annoyingly um, and that's in his opinion it's not what um, Alex Neal but yeah Alex Neal that's the one um, but he hmm. funnily enough he said that and then he completely contradicted himself by saying that he wants Jason Scotland to get promoted up um, to oust Karen <laughs> I mean, I know he's a bit, well, I think he's a bit of a cult figure, I, I don't really know, um, across the side of the Clyde, um, but 
I, I mean, he's doing all right with the, the youth team, but I think historically Hamilton's always had a good youth team, so I don't really see what he could bring in um, that is different and what he could change given the limited budget that they have. It is a bit of a strange one, to be honest, but again, see if you're one of the 61 fans that's have looked to Dundee, which, by the way, has my utmost respect. You're entitled to your opinion because you are a true fan. Hmm. Yes, indeed. I, I also find it a bit strange, to be honest. I was stunned when I was reading those comments, uh, very surprised. But I suppose when you're watching it week in, week out, you will have... Maybe it's to do with the style of football as well a little bit, but it's just the, the fact that it comes after a 3-1 win at, um, mm. in Paisley against St Mirren last week that kind of surprises me a little bit more about mm. it. But we'll, we'll move on to St Johnson Hearts. We've still got eight goals to touch on here. <laughs> uh, St. Johnson 2, Hearts 2 Hearts were, were 6 games without a goal They're now 7 games winless But they have scored Tom, what do you make of uh, this 4 goal thriller? Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely guarantee that we'll get onto it But um, just to get another um, sign of just sheer incompetence um, From Scottish referees mm. mm. It's... Uh, not even as if we had no warrant to it. It's not as if Dallas was in was going about his job fairly quietly this season. He had a shocker what, four days before this game he gets rewarded with um an important premiership game and it, it, that is probably the most frustrating thing about it. The mistakes are bad and um it is frustrating, obviously, but there is only so much you can do until you professionalise it or give them video uh, video referees or um, whatever help they need. But if they keep getting rewarded with games at the highest level, then what's the point? And the least you can do is um, show them that if you're going to make blatantly obvious errors, then you're not going to get the chance to do it until you've earned the chance to, um, to, to referee at the highest level. But... I think they touched upon it in the sports scene, but it is pretty dull now because it just seems every week there's another mistake that's not just bad and it maybe costs the team points or um, it's just a ridiculous mistake. It is just sheer incompetence week after week mm. after week. Yeah, well, you say the referees could get all the all, need all the help they can get, but I mean. There's only one guy in this country that would have given a penalty for that this, last night. I mean, that has got to be one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, there's not even a decision to be made. Nothing no. happens. Mm-hmm. Literally nothing happens. It, it's, it would be just be like... I can't even describe how bad a decision it is because it it's just like giving a penalty for nothing. Just award, he just awarded a penalty to St. Johnson mm-hmm. for no reason. Um... But there's a question that's coming asking for a worst, the what is the worst sh- shite decision so far this season? So we'll leave the kind of shit penalty discussion um, until the end of the podcast. So that's something to look forward to. But St Johnston, <laughs> we'll touch on St Johnston because this is a great result for them. They're well, it's not a great result for them. It's a decent result for them, and they're now on. They've now extended their incredible run of form. To seven matches, undefeated, five wins and two draws. They've just been a kind of picture of consistency, and I'm f- uh, the only thing that was surprising yesterday was the fact that they conceded two goals. Um, Callum, how impressed have you been with St Johnson, considering how 
poor they were when they came to Rugby Park at the start of the season. No, uh, absolutely, Johnny, and I agree. I think the, the the big disappointment for them last night was the fact they conceded two goals despite keeping what, six clean sheets in a row, which um, came directly after conceding six at home to Celtic. But no, totally yeah. different animal. I think you're seeing, obviously, Tommy Wright's kind of changed his style a wee bit. Uh, I know kind of it gets overused, and I don't even mean that in a bad way because I always rate it St Johnson and when and when they do go forward, they always have been a good side. They've always had goals in them, but Matt Matt Kennedy, I know I'm a wee bit biased towards him because he came through our youth system and stuff, and was a terrific wee player. Before, and then went down to Everton, but he's just he's different class. He's absolutely both feet. Brilliant. You, you see that when he obviously I think he scores a penalty yesterday, but when he hangs that ball uh, for for Alston for the, the equaliser as well, like the, the to make it one each, he's got everything. He's he's got his final ball, which is missing quite a lot for players at this level, because teams problems out wide. Uh, I, I think he's got about everything, and and it's just I, I, I just think Sir Johnson totally different to what they were. That they know they know what they're good at now. They came to Rugby Park and played with a flat five and just let us control the game and they had Matty Kennedy and Tony Watt chasing lost causes up front. Now they're getting the ball out wide and getting the ball into the box for guys like Tony Watt and stuff. So, uh, no, I, I, I can't speak highly enough of them. And credit to Tommy Wright, he was, he was getting a wee bit of... Um, not as much stick, but people were saying, oh, maybe this is a kind of gravy train stop now for, for St. Johnson and far from it. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Um, we'll move on to the other side, the other team from Edinburgh, who are also seven matches without a win. Both Edinburgh teams are seven matches without a win, which is quite incredible. Um, but we'll focus our attention on St Mirren to start with, because obviously a better result for them. Tom, Kearney seems to be playing this three-five-two formation at the moment, or 5-3-2, however you look at it. Is mm-hmm. that the way forward for St Mirren with the, the two wing-backs? Yeah, I think so. Um, what a bonus that um, Ethan Airhorn, Airhorn, 100% sure I pronounce it, but he's um, pretty highly thought of in the Christian Adam again, speaking of Scotland, but uh, thought of in the youth setup and the youth ranks at Scotland. Um, and seemed to sort of be the one, or the next one, the conveyor belt behind um, Malin, Morgan, McGuinness. And if they can get, and it looks like he's going to be of a similar level to them, and um, I think Fernand's influence in the middle of that back three is um, is probably um, undervalued. Um, obviously, with Alfie Jones, someone who won't have played a lot of football at all, just he's not quite as young. Obviously, with players like Erhorn and and Cam McPherson in the team, um, someone even age twenty one like Alfie Jones will be maybe not quite a senior player, but I can't show. I'll have to shoulder a bit more responsibility. Um, but this back five with and I think what it does do, despite negative connotations around the back five, does allow them to get their more creative pillars on the pitch. Obviously, we're seeing the, um, probably some of the best, or two of the best goals scored in Scotland <laughs> in recent years by Hamill, because he's got a bit more freedom, and not having to play it wide and track runner as much. And then you've obviously, you can get McGuinness and Edwards in behind the striker, the three of them, um, mm. and not maybe have to give them as much defensive duties as you would with maybe a back four. Yep, and we'll, we'll move on. We'll talk about Adam Hamill, who is setting up his own goal of the season competition at the moment. 59 <laughs> yards. 
uh, this one's gone in from, and it's a, it's not that Bogdan obviously with being off his line, is kind of at fault for the, that fact. But I mean, there's nothing mm. he can do from there. It's just no. an absolute screamer of a strike, isn't it, Andy? No, it is. Um, I think wow is the word to use to describe that. Um, but again, <laughs> like, I'm not going to take a, the shine off a strike, but. You, if you're bogged in um, and you see what's happened to the fellow Edinburgh side, um, you take tips uh, by not wandering out outside your box when he's near the ball, and he's just get done there. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, not taking anything away for the finish because it's well, I'd, I'd imagine he did that being goal of the season unless he scores his like own box or something next time. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I. Um, it's a Mirren's team I haven't really watched um, that much this season uh, and when I have um, it's when we won and they were pretty poor uh, they drew nothing each with Celtic um, but again it proved to be a, a crucial point the only the only thing um, <clears throat> I think you'd be a, a bit aggrieved with if you're a, a buddy um, is you've led twice uh, in Easter Road yeah. I mean I, I, history would say it's a tough place to come but you've probably played them um, at the the right time being seven games without a win uh, and again you've got the point but it's a bit disappointing um, that they didn't go and uh, hold out for the win hmm. Tom you mentioned Anton Ferdinand by the way if anyone has watched the highlights or hasn't if anyone hasn't watched the highlights watch the Hibs first equaliser and Anton Ferdinand with possibly the best ever claim for an offside he just lets Ollie Shaw walk in behind him. The ball, the ball comes across and goes backwards as it comes across, and he he claims for an offside as Ollie Shaw's basically standing next to him mm-hmm. when he taps it in, and the balls come from the byline. Scandalously mm-hmm. poor defending from Big Anton. It's, um, um, it's an underrated phenomenon that seeing a, a defender just go to sleep, lose his man, and then <laughs> um, try to claim for an offside. I think maybe not defender, but I heard Bartes doing it once. Just can fall asleep and claiming and shouting. Um, but yeah, that's Bartis just stood still, did he not? And watched this yeah. guy around him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anyway, <laughs> that's a different level. Aye, and then he goes mental afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say he was quite on that level, but I mean, it was mm-hmm. just when I watched it. I was like, "What the fuck is he claiming for?" It's just a token hand in the air, going, "Ah, oh, shit, I fucked this." I mean. <laughs> He's just never offside. There's no way. Um, Callum. Killy Cal. I feel weird calling you Callum. Killy Cal. Neil yes. Lennon. Is he, in a, is he in a bit of bother at Hibs right now? Seven I've, matches without a win. Absolutely. I mean, can I, any level of football, you go through a period like that, yeah. there's always got to be questions asked. Um, with, without a doubt. I think the Hibs fans have been a little, quite vocal on on uh, Twitter and stuff as well about uh, kind of Hibs of late but he's got to be under pressure absolutely Lennon will know that himself but I think he will turn it around I think Hibs are a cracking side I think Lennon's a cracking manager sometimes this can just happen to sides but seven wins is a hell of a lot of games without without a win mm. um, but I, I do honestly believe that they, that they will turn it around and um, I so it's something that should be highlighted without a doubt but I don't think it's anything seriously to worry about I don't think before long Hibs will be, Hibs will be back in the top six and pushing for European football 
that rounds off the Scottish Premiership perfectly, Callum. Thanks a lot. But we are back to you straight away. We've actually got about ten questions this week. Um, <laughs> the, boy, the boys from Kilmarnock enjoy it or uh, enjoy enjoying being top of the league. <laughs> um, so about half of these are directed right at you, Cal, uh, Kelly Cal. Okay. First up, Kelly Robbie. Who does Kelly Cal want in our Champions League group next year? Obviously, uh, who knows? I mean, I'd like a battle of Britain, so uh, one of the, the English tin, one of the teams for the tin pot pushed in south will do me. <laughs> hmm. And what, just that? Uh, so obviously, I definitely mean Tottenham Hotspur there as well, Johnny. Oh, oh. That's, that's some some Champions League group you set up there Kilmarnock and Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> You should be missing half of it, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, well, Spurs, Inter Milan, and uh, Real Madrid. I like it. I fancy a Kelly Inter double going through there. <laughs> um, Andy, next question is for you. Is Hamill better than Beckham? Simple as that. Yes. Simple as that. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Yes or no round the table. <laughs> Is yes. Hamill a better footballer than David Beckham? Yes. Yep. Tom. No. Oh, t- you are filled with unpopular Hello. opinions tonight, Tom. <laughs> no. Yes. Red card for Cosgrove. No. Hamill's not better than Beckham. <sighs> Is it okay that Ayrshire's was taking over Scottish football? Obviously, we've got air top of the championship. Can I jump in here? I read an article yes. today that the bookies are running scared, by the way. It was like something over like <laughs> 5,000 to 1 for Kelly and Air both to win the league, and they've slashed it to 201. And you can read into that what you will, but they are shiting themselves, so cash in where you can. Because <laughs> it's going to happen. The amount of bookies that are on Air High Street they probably would bankrupt Ladbrokes. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I was at, um, with, at the Inverness game last week with my mate and he was in the bookies before he came and he said a guy put £5, £5 on just the most ridiculous double you've ever heard. The first part, who was it Rangers played Hearts? It was Rangers to beat Hearts 5-0 at Tynecastle. <laughs> and Aberdeen to win 3-0 against Celtic in the cup final guys <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's an that, that. I'm surprised they took that, uh, that oh, no. I reckon I reckon there's some uh, there's some bookie fixing going in there so he's doing that because then the bookies will be checking what the hell are folk putting five nils on Rangers to win at Tynecastle and Aberdeen to win a cup final three 0 and thinking that there would some kind of big scheme behind that for gangsters to bet heavily and something else so he dropped the odds on that and raised the odds in a one two 0 that's got to be the only explanation for that man. <laughs> I think it was about, well, I don't know what price it was. I think it was maybe 5,000 to 1 or something like that. But why you would put a fiver on that? <laughs> it's just inexplicable behaviour. Not even um, singles is a bit of a laugh. Like an actual Anna. double, man. <laughs> what a shocking shout that is, man. I think that's the worst prediction I've ever heard. <laughs> shocking, uh, man. Oh, 
Back down to earth, Callum, another one for you. Is Alan Power the best midfielder on current form outside of Celtic right now? That's maybe even a serious question coming in here. Was that asked by Michael Grant, I believe? It was, yes. Yes, a good friend Big of mine. Mick. Is, yep, a good friend of mine is, is Michael Grant. Uh, I think that Alan Power's a terrific football player and goes under the radar just about every other week, minus from the Kilmarnock supporters. I think that... He's traffic. He came with this kind of reputation of being a kind of hardy, hardy guy. But he actually very rarely gets booked. You know, like he's and he very rarely goes to ground and when he does go to ground he wins the ball. Like he's, he just reads the game perfectly. But the thing I like about him most, and you'll actually see it with Stuart's second goal, his chest control's phenomenal. That's what he does. Brings the ball down in the chest there, plays a brilliant ball through his shirt. The amount of times that High balls are coming, and he's a centre mid, remember? So, he's um, high balls are coming, you just want them to win it and get them away. But Power will sit, take it in his chest, turn the player, make the pass. Absolutely brilliant to keep in position. So, I, I agree with that, Michael. Hmm. Another one for you. We're going to run through all the Kelly ones just now at once. If we win, this is Kelly, of course. Sorry, when we win on Saturday, will Kelly Cal be back at Howard for another sing song? <laughs> Kevin quickly is asking. Uh, of course he is. Um, <laughs> I, I, I could be there, but I'm going out in Glasgow for a few pints after it with fellow podcasters. Well, former podcaster Lewis Kemp and uh, current podcaster Andrew Gamble. I don't know if it was Lewis's. Exit ever really explained on the podcast? We never really explain things, do we? Yeah. No. Just to be clear, because of his new role at the Celtic Foundation, and it is literally written in his contract that he cannot be on this podcast. <laughs> and I'm yeah, not joking. Uh, so that's basically it in a nutshell. He's, because he's it'd be a conflict of interest because obviously we know how influential Bus Boy is in the kind of Scottish football, and obviously. Aye, so co- conflict of interest, and he'll be sad and uh, gone, but never forgotten. I want to run to you at. <laughs> um, right, I'm trying to look through for a couple more Kelly questions. I'm saving up all the referees are shy, aren't they? Ones till the end. Mm. Is Steve Clark here for 10 in a row? Kelly Robbie with another question. Um, no, unfortunately. Not. Is he here to stop 10 in a row? There's a question for me. Ask me and me. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, it doesn't matter. Ask me in April because we'll have the league wrapped up by then anyway. <laughs> right, Ryan Crombie is asking Can Aberdeen Bottlers tag finally be binned? Three wins in Glasgow in 2018, Hamden, at Hamden, Ibrox, and Celtic Park. Kelly Cal, you are a fan of a team that knows what it's like to beat Old Firm. You yes. can answer this. Yes, well, once. To, to hit back at Ryan but once they actually win a cup final in Glasgow against one of the two of them you know nah, in all seriousness credit Aberdeen I think that they, they have done extremely well and I've credited McInnesia on obviously two wins at Ibrox and Millennium considering they're both in record before that and to, to, to beat them in a semi-final as well was terrific and aye no I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that I think that aye aye well, I'd, 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 I'd say they have lost that tag but the demands are Aberdeen, they, they have to win. McInnes will need to win another trophy, I think. Hmm. I think the problem is they're also kind of losing this tag of being Best the consistent. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but just being a consistent team. 
being good. Uh, Tom, this one is for you because I know you were sticking a knife in a little bit earlier uh, into Andrew Dallas. How the fuck did Andrew Dallas get the go-ahead to be a top-flight referee? Uh, there's an <laughs> obvious answer here. It doesn't take much thinking or figuring out. Um, nepotism. And <laughs> I'm going to refer back to I'm a celebrity here. The progr- the oh, I'm a celebrity getting out here. Not. Oh yeah. Um, and th- there was there was a wee segment on that saying that about how they all got started and then just before it ended I can't I think it was Rita the girl from EastEnders said um, oh yeah we've all we've all got famous relatives or whatever but you can't give people a hand up if they're not any good and I remember thinking oh, that's yeah. quite a good point and then the fucking shit show that is the Dallas <laughs> family um, just proved that to be wrong in, in our sense so in the entertainment business it might well be true but in terms of being a Scottish referee, then um, just marry into the family and your sort of life. Hmm. Well, who's uh, Bobby Madden's mum and dad then? <laughs> Kevin Clancy, <laughs> what's their excuse? <laughs> I remember I've told you Bobby Madden's like kind of kind of almost related to me. Oh my God, go. maybe that's why. Then. <laughs> my cousin's married to his brother. Hearing its ugly head. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) right on referees again Andrew Gamba still a fellow podcaster but unavailable tonight available to send in question though what has been your favourite shite refereeing decision so far this season the penalty in the St Johnson Hearts game must surely be won Callum what's been your favourite shocking decision I mean where to start here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kim getting sent off the other week there was a shambles. What was yep. the mistaken identity one again? Um, give us a helping hand here. Did they, did they, recently they didn't send off the round player as well. Yeah. Why that was in the Europa League Villarreal game. No, but, no, no, I thought it was something else. I've maybe just made that up, so apologies. Right, eh... Uh, was there no hearts or something? I can't mind. I, 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 I thought there was something. Um, clearly it couldn't have been that awful if I can't remember it. But, uh, um, <laughs> I would say, I Kandace getting sent off at St Man was like a shambles. But more so just, uh, not even the decisions on the part, the decisions off the park. Eh... Uh, Morelos is over, red card getting overturned and Gary Dickers not. Obviously, is one that sticks in the mouth yeah. of it. Uh, so I'd go for that one. Of course. Tom? Um, it's probably not the worst, but it was infuriating nonetheless on Friday at Tandice. Can't Was it Don Robertson, the referee? Can't quite remember, but he. I think so. He gave a totting up process for throw ins that United had taken a couple of yards, just as literally every single throw in ever taken in football happens as the player takes two yards forward or, um, and he did a totting up process I think it must have been on Booth um, in the way he pointed he, he must have been referencing other Dun United players that took throw ins so I just I think it's just a guessing game a lot of the time for them but that that one that, that's really stuck in my bonnet so out of all the unbelievably horrendous decisions this season you've gone up for a 
a totally up procedure of throw-ins taken from the wrong place yep. is the most Roll ridiculous. <sighs> yep, fair enough. Uh, and Andy? Every single decision that Craig Thompson has made, ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, obviously, not better at all, but I just, I'm struggling to think of anything more specific. I've got an honourable mention, but, and I don't know if it's a red card, but do you not remember, um, it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Brett Longy's name is, I can't remember what team he plays for, they, get, they don't get booked or sent off for over-celebrating or something, because that has to be up there. Jesus, shocking. <laughs> Ugh, it's, it's annoying me, but I can't mean but it'll come back to me. Brett that's Long. my honourable mention. Yeah, I think that's his name. He's Fife or something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He get booked for uh, he get booked yeah. to sent off or something for over celebrating, saving a penalty or something. He's Oh yep, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I I was completely zoned. I thought you were talking about the Scottish Premiership. This is against Wraith Rovers. Yeah, uh, yeah, Bayview. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was yeah, we, he saved we, the penalty in the last minute, I believe. I well, I don't even know if he saved the penalty. He might have. All I seen was the celebrations. It was after the full time whistle. He just basically went up to the Wraith fans and told them what he thought of them, I think. Yeah. Um, goalkeeper. Yeah, he, he kind of... He, he did apologise for it, I think, so which leads me to believe that he might have actually really told them something, really told them what he thought of them. Um, but aye, well remembered. I'm going to give my award to the penalty awarded to Celtic in the cup final. Just so because of <laughs> Oh, just I actually felt sick watching it. He heathers it off his own arm, and his arm's about a yard outside the box, and it's the cup final. For God's And then he comes up three days later, fresh off the back of that, and awards an even worse one <laughs> for literally nothing. Like, you can't, I will not be able to. I'm just, I'm, all I'm glad is that there's video to actually prove that that was a thing. Because I don't know how you explain to somebody that a penalty was awarded for literally nothing without showing them that. Uh, we're finally through the question. We've got one left from Matt Finlay, now also friend of the show, thanks to his work commitments with Aberdeen. Big big dogs stealing the the podcasters from the, the lowly burst ball. This one's for Tom. Can you ask Tom what he thinks of Dundee Knight's promotion hopes following the recent blip? He's calling it a blip. Also, his thoughts on how the other club... Dundee will do. Um, I'll because I spoke about it a wee bit earlier. All I'll say is I think there'll only be one team from the city of Dundee in the Premiership next season. So you don't think United will go up? <laughs> I just think there will be one. What is this sort Two of cryptic in the message? That's what will happen. Exactly. <laughs> Well, will Dundee United and Dundee meet in the playoff for round two and will end in tears again for the Tangerines? It's so Scottish football, I can see that happening. And you know what? I think it will. And I look forward to it because it'll be the last day I think I see Tom McKinnon alive. And oh, can't wait now. We've got people ready for your death and rubbing their hands, Tom. Um, yeah. So on that, on. Uh, uh, I at that, the, the hate. <laughs> unless you've got anything to say about your impending death, then I think we'll we'll call it a day before things get too upsetting for you. 
No, no, just we'll we'll see in me uh, and say say in me say in me say, say, say in we'll see, you know, easy for me to say. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see in May who is laughing or dead. Just waiting for a mate. That's quite right. sinister, isn't it? I don't know what end it on that. But if you must, I well, fit. You're the one who put us in this position, Andy. I mm. and you're meant to get out it. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> Right, I think we're actually going to have to end this before someone ends themselves in this podcast. <laughs> um, thanks very much for listening. This has been podcast 235, and we'll be back at the weekend. This is, of course, just a special podcast. We'll be back on Monday morning with a review of what will undoubtedly be another ridiculous weekend in Scottish football. Thanks for listening. <laughs>